Okay, today I'm going to be sharing with you about renewing your mind. Now, before we get started, I'm going to review a little bit about what I taught on Wednesday night because you need to hear that in order to understand where we're going. And, and if you weren't here, I encourage you to get the CD because there's going to be parts today that you will not have a full understanding of because you didn't hear that message. But we're going to get there, okay? 2 Corinthians 5 Verse 16 and 17 says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, what we were learning about is that most of the time we focus that scripture on our new creation identity as far as our spirit man is concerned. So you understand that when you pray the prayer of salvation, you become a new creation. You gain eternal life. So your spirit man actually changes. But in truth, that verse applies to every part of your life. It implies it applies to your body. Your body becomes a new creation. And it also applies to your mind. Your mind becomes a new creation. So God wants you to be completely and totally saved. It's not just your spirit man that is saved. It's your mind that's saved. It's your body that's saved. Your salvation is complete. When Jesus died on the cross, he completely and totally saved you. There is nothing left to be done. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times we sit here and we, we get saved and then we don't walk in our identity in Christ. We keep waiting for the rest of the salvation. It's like we think that it's going to happen when we get to heaven. There's going to be nothing else that happens when you get to heaven. Your salvation is 100%. It is total. It is complete. And it is complete today. Amen. Amen. You are a new creation. You're a new creation in your spirit. You're a new creation in your mind. And you're a new creation in your body. But in order to be a new creation in order to walk in your new creation. You have to begin to believe that you're a new creation. You have to begin to accept your complete and total salvation. Amen? Jesus suffered on the cross, and he suffered for all of you, not part of you, every single piece of you. He suffered totally for you. So you are complete in him. That verse says that old things have passed away. Well, we learned what those old things are. They are crying, death, sorrow, and pain. Revelations 21 says that God will wash away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. For the former things have passed away. So we compared scripture with scripture and we learned what those former things are. They are death, they are sorrow, they are crying, and they are pain. So when you become a new creation in Christ, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you now have access to a life that is free from pain, sorrow, death, and crying, amen? You have been delivered. You are a new creation. The old things have passed away. The old things have passed away. So we see here in, in 2 Corinthians and in Revelations 21 that we have a new identity and it applies to every part of our lives. We are in Christ. The Bible says that when you are in Christ, that that you are a new creation. What the word in there means is inclusion. 
What that means is that when you become a new creation, you have total inclusion in Christ. You are completely in him and he is in you. You are not near him. You are not trying to get to him. You are not following him. You know, in the, in, in the Bible, Jesus told the disciples to follow him. He told them to follow them, though, though, before he died on the cross. And the reason he said to follow him was so they could be close to him. But what you have is so much better than that. You're not just following him. You're in him. You're walking walking inside him. He is in you. And because you're in him, you have total inclusion. Amen. So you have access to everything that Christ has. He's seated at the right hand of the father right now, and you're seated with him. Amen. You are seated at the right hand of the father. You have access to all of his excellency. You have access to all of his glory. You have access to all of his strength. You have access to all of his health. You have access to all of his authority because you are in him and you are a new creation. Amen. Amen. So that's what we were learning about this week. So in order to begin, the reason, you know, we talked about why, why, Shannon, do people still have these problems then once they become a new creation? And the reason they do is because they're not believing correctly. See, your walk with God, you've got to understand this. Your walk with God is a, it's a lifestyle of action. Most people think that when they make Jesus the Lord of their life that it's like poof and everything just changes. Like it's like a magic deal. That's not the way it works. The only thing that happens like poof is that you gain eternal life. But from now until you reach your eternal life, you are in a life of action with Jesus Christ. Everything about your walk with Christ requires you to take action. And those actions are found in his word. Okay, so we don't see the manifestation of our new creation because we're not believing correctly. We're not walking correctly. The Bible says that you are a joint heir, but you have to believe that. You are not an heir apparent. You're a joint heir, present tense. So in order to be a joint heir, in order to be in Christ, in order to experience your full new creation reality, you have to believe it. You have to accept it. Ephesians 4.21, it says, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So here we see that what we must do is we must begin to believe truth. And Ephesians 4 tells us that the truth is, is in Jesus. And when we begin to believe truth, then the next step we must take is we must put off our old behavior. We must put it to the side and we must begin to renew our minds. So the truth is in Jesus, but we must put off our old behavior. And how do we put off our old behavior? We renew our mind. We stop considering the things of old. I want you to go with me today to Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed in this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the will of God is good and acceptable and perfect. Don't you think that if you're walking in the good and acceptable and perfect will of God that you're going to have a good life? Amen. Amen. I want to walk in God's good and acceptable and perfect will because I believe that if I am... I will have a good life. Amen? 
When we become a new creation, our spirit is instantly changed. But we have to begin to be transformed. We have to begin to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. To live in God's will, you have to renew your mind. To enjoy your new creation, you can't be conformed to the world system around you. You know, the Bible says that you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Well, what does that mean? You're in the world, but you're not of the world. So everything around you is the world system. And let me tell you, it's an aggressive system. But the Bible says that you're in it, but you're not of it. Now, does that mean that he puts you in it and he separates you? No. You have to separate you. You have to be in the world and not be of it. You have to draw those lines. You have to take those stands. You have to walk. And if you want to renew your mind, you have to be in the world and not of it. You can't be influenced by the world system. It says, do not be conformed to this world. So you've got to be in the world, but not of it. You know, one of the things that I appreciate the most about my parents is that when I was growing up, my parents were willing to take a stand. They took a stand a lot of times, and it was an unpopular stand. And if that meant that Jared and I were the only two kids that didn't see the most popular Disney movie, you know what? That's what it meant. But they took a stand. Why? Because they were guarding us. They were protecting us. We were in the world, but we were not of the world. And because they took those stands, Jared and I are sound mentally. Amen? So you see, you're in the world. Today when you go home, you're going to turn on your TV and there's going to be all kinds of messages coming at you. And the world is getting more and more aggressive. I mean, TV is getting more and more aggressive. It's coming at you. But you have to make a decision. Am I going to let that come into me or am I going to turn it off? Am I going to get up and walk away or am I going to sit here? And it may not be affecting you today, but over time it might. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world. It doesn't say he will keep you out of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of it. You have to take the stand. You have to decide to not be conformed to it. The literal text of that verse says you have to stop being molded by the external and fleeting fashions of this age, and you must undergo a deep, qualitative renewing of our mind. So in order to renew our minds, we have to not be conformed to this world. It goes on to say, but ye must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The word transform in the literal text is the Greek word metamorphosis, which means a profound change in form from one stage to the next stage in life. A profound change in form from one stage to the next stage in life. So the Bible's telling us that we must go through a profound change in our minds. We must go through a profound change in our mind. We must go from one stage to another. Now, when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I went through a profound change in my spirit man. I went from being a spirit man who would die and not live to being a spirit man who will live, who will live for eternity, who will walk in heaven with Christ. But I then have to go and perform that same metamorphosis in my mind. I must be transformed. Think about the caterpillar. The caterpillar transforms into the butterfly. It's a profound change. It's a life-changing change. It's completely different. That's what God is telling you needs to happen in your mind. You must be transformed. Colossians 1.13 says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of his son. 
So we go from one kingdom into another. We're transformed from one kingdom into another. That is the same kind of change that needs to happen in your mind. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we must begin to see ourselves separate. We must begin to draw these lines so that we can begin renewing our mind. The good news is is that you have access to the new creation. And in that new creation is prosperity. There's prosperity financially, mentally, spiritually, physically. That is what God wants you to have. And because of that, your mind can prosper. Amen? Your mind can be renewed. Your mind can function the way that God designed it to function. Listen to me. In Genesis, it says God created you in his image. It doesn't say he created you in his image in every way, but your mind. It says he created you in his image, so therefore your mind must be subject to the image of God. So therefore it must function according to the way he designed it to function. And I can tell you right now that God did not design your mind to function full of negativity. He didn't design it to be filled with depression. He didn't design it to be filled with anxiety. He filled it to be full of power and strength and wisdom so that you can live the life that God wants you to have. Amen? That's how your mind is supposed to function. Our new creation is a life that is free from pain. It is free from sorrow. It is free from death. And it is free from crying. It is not God's will that you struggle. It is not God's will that you struggle. But you will struggle if you're living contrary to the word. If you don't apply the word of God to your life, you will see struggles. Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. So we see here that when we apply the word to our lives, that we will live a good life. So it is the word of God that brings soundness and that brings the promises of our new creation into our life. It is the word of God that brings health and prosperity in every area of our life. So we must apply the word of God to our life. Romans 1, verse 16. Romans 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ... For it is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. He's talking about the word of God right there. He's talking about this book. And he says it has power. It is the power of God unto your salvation. Now the word salvation there is the Greek word soterior. That word comes from the word sozo. So when Jesus would heal someone, he would say, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you whole. But that would be translated out to be, your faith has sozoed you. Soterior is the noun of the word sozo. And soterior, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Soterior means soundness, health, preservation, safety, and deliverance. Soundness, health, preservation, safety, and deliverance. So we see in that verse, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God until you, unto your soundness, your health, your preservation, your safety, and deliverance. So 
God tells us that we can have soundness, health, preservation, safety, and deliverance. But how do we get it? We get it through the power of the word of God. We get it from the gospel. The gospel is the power unto our salvation. Amen? So we learn here that to be in the will of God, we must renew our minds. And the will of God is defined and revealed to us in his word. The will of God is defined and revealed to us in his word. And God's word, which is the gospel, is the power of God unto our salvation. And that word salvation says that I have a promise. I have a promise of soundness. I have a promise of health. I have a promise of preservation. I have a promise of safety and deliverance. Amen? So God's word, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God and to my mental soundness. And mental soundness is the renewing of my mind. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we must recognize, we must recognize the power and the importance of the word of God. Before we go on, you must understand today that you are in a war. You are in a spiritual war. You are in a war, and that war is going to happen every single day, and it's going to go on until you get to heaven. You are in a spiritual war. You are in a battle with the devil, and that battle is in our minds. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we see here that we're in a war. It's a spiritual war. Now, non-believers are not in the same war. Why? Because what they have is temporal. They don't have eternal life. The devil is only after the believers. Amen? Amen? So just because you, come, you become a Christian doesn't mean that, that he leaves you alone. What it means is that you have the victory over him because you are in Christ and you have power over the devil because Jesus delivered him and you are in Jesus and therefore you have the power over the devil, amen? So this war is a war that you are predestined to win, amen? You are predestined to win this war. Our weapons are not physical. They, I mean, our weapons are not physical, but they are mighty in God. They are mighty in God, and they can pull down the strongholds. So the battle is in our mind. We see here that in, in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is God's word. You need to understand that. The word of God is God's revealed knowledge to you. It is a book that he gave us so that we can know how to live. It is the knowledge by which we are to live. So everything that comes into your mind that exalts itself against the book by which we are to live should be cast down. It must be brought into captivity. The word renew says means to change or to exchange to make effective. So see, the process of, your renewing, of renewing your mind means that you must actually take what is in your mind and you must change it. You must exchange it for something else. You must do an exchange. You know, when I buy something at the mall and it doesn't fit me, I take it back and I exchange it for something that does, right? And I get a completely different item of clothing. That is what God wants to happen in your mind. I'm going to give you an example. Yesterday morning, I woke up and I really wasn't feeling well. My stomach was really bothering me. And these are the thoughts that went through my mind. Oh my gosh, 
I'm not going to be able to preach. Oh my gosh, even worse, my dad and Jared are halfway across the world and nobody is going to be able to preach. There's nobody else. What am I going to do? Oh my gosh. And you know what I had to do? I had to stop in that moment and I had to make an exchange. I had to make an exchange. I had to say, no, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm redeemed by the curse of the law. I have the strength of Christ. I walk in my divine health. I will not be sick in Jesus' name. I had to exchange the thought that was in my mind. So today if I go home and I log on to my computer and my bank account says I don't have enough money to pay my mortgage, I've got to make an exchange. I can't have the thoughts that run through my head that say, oh my gosh, I'm going to get evicted. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Oh my gosh, I'm broke. I'm defeated. No, I have to make an exchange. I have to say, my God will supply all my needs. I have everything I need. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. God goes before me and he gives me favor. Amen. I have to make a mental exchange. I have to make the thoughts in my mind be effective. Anything that is negative and is contrary to the word of God is not effective. You must renew your mind. You must make an exchange. So we exchange what's in our minds and we replace it with the power of the gospel. And the power of the gospel is our salvation, which gives us deliverance, amen? Which gives us soundness, which gives us safety and health and security, which gives me preservation. That is what needs to be in my mind. You may be sitting there and you're saying, Shannon, it's not that easy. I can't control my mind. Oh, yes, you can. I can't control my mind. Oh, yes, you can. Listen to me. You have got to, you, I can't say this enough. You've got to understand this. And you can't just understand it. You have to believe it. You are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You are in him. And because you're in him, you have control over every evil thought that comes in your mind. Because you're in him, you are perfect. Because you're in him, you have all the strength and all the ability and all the talent and everything you need. Because you're in him, your mind must function in total soundness the way God created it to function. Amen? And if you don't think you can do that, then you're not understanding. You're not walking in your new creation identity, which says that you are in him. Do you think that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father going, oh my gosh, I don't know if I should talk to him today. Oh my gosh, I don't know, I don't know what I should say to the people. I don't know, I'm not sure I'm feeling too well. I'm not too sure that I, that I have it all together today. I'm kind of feeling a little bit depressed. Do you see Jesus that way? Absolutely not. I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father in all of his glory, in all of his authority, in all of his strength, in all of his perfection. And you know what? I'm there with him. Amen. And so are you. If you're in Christ Jesus, then you are at the right hand of your Father and you have everything that he has because he's in you and you're in him. Amen. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. So going back to 2 Corinthians 10, it says to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This verse shows us we have power over our minds. But what does it mean? What does it mean to bring our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ? That means that we have to line them up with the word of God. We have to make them submit. Listen to me. Our God is a peaceful God. He's a still God. He speaks to us in a still, quiet voice. 
he speaks to you in a still, quiet voice. He is not a God of chaos. He is not a God of anxiety. He is not a God of depression. He is not. He is a God of order. He is a God of order. So anything else that is in your mind is not of God. And you must take it captive. You must make it submit to the word of God. What is the obedience of Christ? Romans 5.19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So it is through the obedience of Christ that you gain righteousness in Christ. That is what the obedience is. And that righteousness of Christ is your perfect identity in Christ. That is who you are in him. That's all the things we've been talking about. So when those thoughts come into your mind, you must take them captive. You must make them submit to the obedience of Christ. You must make them submit to the righteousness of Christ. Now, some people struggle with this because they think, you know, they're filled with condemnation from old religion and guilt and things like that. And they're thinking bad thoughts and they they feel guilty about it. And so they never get past that. They don't think that, that they can take control of them and they feel condemnation. They feel blame. But you've got to understand today that it says that by one man's obedience, you gained righteousness. It's not through your obedience. It doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do. You have righteousness. You are perfect in him. And through that righteousness, through that obedience, you have the power to submit your thoughts to it. You have the power to take those thoughts captive and submit them to them. So when I woke up yesterday morning and and it came into my mind, I'm sick, I had to take that thought. I had to take it captive. I had to say, no, you're submitted to the righteousness of Christ, which says I'm healed. Amen. Amen. That's how this works. If you focus on your obedience or your lack of it, the devil will condemn you. You've got to to depend on your righteousness in Christ. You've got to have faith in your righteousness in Christ. You've got to believe in your righteousness in Christ. The more you believe you are righteous, the more you will see the fruits in your life. But the more you focus on condemnation, the more you focus on what you think you're not, the more you will not see the fruits of God in your life. Listen, the devil has 6,000 years of experience of doing this at us. He doesn't come at us in a little voice and go, you know what, you're weak, you're small, you're incapable, you're not that smart, you're poor. No, he comes at us with the personal pronoun I, and he says, I'm weak, I'm dumb, I can't do this, I'm sick, I'm not talented enough. He's smart. He plants those thoughts in our mind. But the Bible says we have to take those thoughts. That's the war. You're in a war. When he comes at you with those thoughts, that's the war. You're fighting. And you know what? You have the weapons to win that war. Amen? And that weapon is right here. It's the will of God. It's the knowledge of God. It's the gospel of God, which is your salvation. It is your mental soundness. It is everything you need to win that war. With God, there is joy and peace, and there is life. With the devil, there is uncertainty. Go with me to 3 John 1, 2. 3 John 1, 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. The word even as there means to be in equal proportion. So if your mind is prospering, then you will be in health. If your mind is prospering, then you will prosper. 
The Bible says that I pray that you prosper and I pray, the word prosper there means that I pray that you're successful in all things. So I pray that you prosper. I pray that you're in health in equal proportion to how your mind is, in equal proportion to how healthy your mind is. So we learn here how powerful and how important our mind is. We want to have prosperity. We want to walk in divine health. We want to be successful in all areas of our life. But it says here that that is determined by the state of our minds. It's determined by the state of our mind. I pray that you prosper and be in health in equal proportion to how your mind prospers. So your spirit is already prospering. We understand that. We have eternal life. We're blameless. We're washed clean in Christ. But we will not be in total health until our mind prospers. So we have to get our mind healthy and then the rest will follow. Your mind determines your life. Your mind determines your life. It determines the amount of the new creation reality that you're going to walk in. It's determined by the state of your mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. It's your mind that determines your life. It's your mind that decides what's going to happen for you. It's your mind. This is how important this is. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to submit your mind to the will of God. You've got to submit your mind to the word of God. Because as you think, you will be. As you think, you will be. So you can come to church every single week. You can give your tithes and offerings. You can do everything. You can volunteer in 14 different ministries. It doesn't matter if you think you're a failure. Because if in your mind you think you're a failure, you're going to be a failure. Because the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So we see here the power of our mind. It determines our life. It determines the prosperity we have. It determines the success we have. It determines our health. Our mind is that powerful. So therefore, you must submit your mind to the will of God. Amen. You must submit your mind to the gospel, which is your salvation. Amen. Amen. As you think, you will be. So how do I prosper in my mind? You turn to the truth. You turn to Jesus. You turn to the word of God. You must believe the word 100%. You must begin believing and speaking the word. If you come to church here, then you understand that that's what faith is. It's not just believing in Jesus. It's speaking it. You have to believe and speak what the word says. And as you make that exchange in your mind, as you make that conscious decision every single day to renew your mind, to submit your thoughts to the obedience of Christ, you will begin to see a change. If you're taking notes, write this down. When the bad thoughts come at you, number one, you must reject them. You must reject them. You must go, you know what? I don't receive it. Just like I did yesterday. I don't receive that I'm sick. I don't receive it. You don't have to accept them. Don't receive them. Reject them. Number two, you must rebuke them. The Bible says to rebuke the devil and he will flee. Not he might flee. He will flee. So when the devil comes at you with negative thoughts, you rebuke him. Now listen, it doesn't say sit there and I'll take care of it for you. It doesn't. God took care of it for you by giving you the power. But you have to rebuke the devil. Amen? Number three, you ignore the thoughts. 
Don't pay attention to them. Don't focus on them. Don't, don't, don't let your mind go there. Intentionally focus on Jesus. Number four, you must start believing right. You must accept totally. You must accept totally your identity in Christ. You must accept totally your salvation in Christ. You must accept totally that your salvation is complete. You are in Christ. You have his mind. Your mind is not faulty. You have the mind of Christ. And that mind is perfect. It has everything that you need. You should live today with a confident expectation. You should walk in a confident expectation of the goodness of God. Because you know what? Your God is good. He loves you. He wants every good thing for you. You need to live with a confident expectation. You need to know that you know that you know that God is on your side. Amen. He is for you. He is not against you. Listen, the devil always attacks, attacks our minds where God wants to use us. He always attacks our minds where God wants to use us. I'm going to give you an example. Years ago, I was doing pageants, and my mom flew me out to this very famous pageant coach in Tennessee. And the first thing she said to me when she met me was she said, you know what? You have the voice of a little girl. Nobody will ever take you seriously. First thing she said, went to the hotel, came back the next day. She goes, seriously, you sound like a 12-year-old. No one will ever take you seriously. You've got to learn how to make your voice deeper. It's like, okay. And as bizarre as it is, I remember my mom and I walking around and I'm like, mom, do I sound deeper? I mean, I'm trying, I'm like really trying to talk with a deeper voice. But you know what? What that was, was it wasn't about pageants. It was about what I'm doing today. You see, the devil knew that one day I would be standing before you. And every, for years, every time I would come in here and I would do something at the church, I want you to know that that was the thought that was running in my head. It was in my head, and it, and it took hold, because you know what? I, I took it captive for a while. For many years, I held on to it, and I would always think, oh my gosh, I sound ridiculous. Oh my gosh, I sound silly. But you know what? A few years ago, I, I began to understand this, and I went, you know what? No, that thought is not of God. I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. My voice is perfect. It's perfect because I'm in Christ. I was made in His image, and people will take me seriously. And you know what? Look at me now. Amen? You have... Amen. The devil will attack you where God wants to use you. And if you're not careful, he will keep you from doing what you need to do. So you have to take your thoughts captive. You have to, you have to submit them to the word of God. You've got to submit them to your righteousness in Christ, which says that you have every right standing with God. And that means you have all of the authority to defeat every evil thought. Amen? Amen. Jesus is in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of his Father. You are in him and he is in you. No one can bring him down. No one can undo him. And today I want you to know that no one can bring you down. And no one can undo you. Amen? Because you are in him. You have the same power as your heavenly Father. Whatever you do, don't say the bad thoughts. 
Whatever you do, those thoughts that come in your mind, don't say them. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Don't give life to the negative thoughts that the devil is putting into your mind. Do not speak them. Do not let them come out of your mouth. Matthew 6.31 says, the way you accept a thought is by saying it. It says, therefore, take no thought saying So the thoughts are going to come, but they're not going to come out of my mouth. When I woke up yesterday morning, I don't get up and go, I'm sick. I can't preach. I'm giving life to it. I get up and instead what comes out of my mouth? My faith, my believing and my speaking. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. When I look at my bank account, I don't say, oh my God, I can't pay my mortgage. I say, no, my God will supply all my needs. I have everything I need in Jesus' name. Amen? So, you take no thought by saying it. Do not say the negative thoughts. Do not say them. You've got to focus on truth. You've got to focus on truth. The truth is eternal. Your thoughts are temporal. Focus on the truth. And your truth is in Jesus. 1 John four seventeen says, Because as he is so are we in this world. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So maybe you're struggling today with this concept and you're, and you're, you're not too sure about who you are. you got to start confessing this. As Jesus is, so am I. As Jesus is, so am I. As Jesus is, so am I. As Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father in perfection and authority and power, I walk on this earth today in perfection and authority and power. I have salvation. I have soundness. I have deliverance. I have safety. I have preservation because as he is, so am I. Amen. Put your trust in Jesus. Cast your thoughts on him. The Bible says to cast your cares onto him because he cares for you. Give him your thoughts. Give him your thoughts. And instead, begin believing and speaking your salvation. Begin believing and speaking what the Bible says. Focus your mind on Jesus. Focus your mind on Jesus. Listen, when those thoughts come, you've got to force yourself to go back to what you've been taught in church. You've got to force yourself to go back to what's in the word. You've got to force yourself to stop and think. These are actions. This is an active walk with God. You've got to be conscious of it. You've got to say, you know what? I'm not going to think on those things. Instead, I'm going to speak the exact opposite. And if you don't know what the opposite is, get your phone out and Google it. I'm not kidding. Scriptures on depression. Believe me, hundreds of them will pop up. It's really easy to find. You've got to speak the opposite. And if you can't find something at the moment, then just speak, as he is, so am I. As he is, so am I. As he is, so am I. I'm in him and he's in me. I'm in him and he's in me. I have a complete and total salvation. There is nothing lacking. There is nothing missing. There is nothing that's not done. I can have all of that today because I have the victory in Christ Jesus. Amen? You've got to keep your focus on Jesus. You've got to keep your focus on the will of God. You've got to keep your focus on the gospel of his truth. Amen? In closing, I'm going to leave you with this this example. Many of you know the story. It's in the gospels of Peter when Jesus is in the boat and Jesus tells Peter, walk to me. Well, Peter gets out and he begins to walk on water. Now, 
Peter walked on water and he did it successfully as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. But the second he took his eyes off of Jesus, what began to happen? He started to drown. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to keep your focus on him. And it's got to be something that you do every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. When you leave here today, focus on Jesus. This week, focus on Jesus. Become conscious of your mind. Become conscious of your thought process. Become conscious of what's going on in your head. And focus on Jesus. Amen? Because as he is, as he is, as he is, as he is, so am I. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me to your feet? Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information on teaching materials or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com or charlesneeman.com.